want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. I want to thank you guys for joining me for another Friday edition of the show. Uh, we're here. It is a bit late on Friday. It's a little rough sometimes to do these. You might hear Lucas in the background. Soundtrack of my life. <laughs> Clapping away on his iPad. It's funny because sometimes I have him in the background during these audios. And I'm convinced it's like the, the place is shaking. You know, I'm, uh, the ceiling's falling. Fixtures are falling on my head. Things like that. And then I go back and I listen to it and you can't even hear him. So you might not hear him, but he's definitely back there. We've been hanging out for a little bit tonight. If you didn't get a chance, I actually posted a video of he and I earlier today, which is a rarity. I've kind of been standoffish when it comes to videos. I always have been. I feel uneasy in the moments before posting them. I feel like thirsty, as they say. Don't want to be don't want to be thirsty. Don't want to have the thirst. So I, I get a little weird with doing that. But then I do it and the response is good and people like it. Gives you an idea of kind of what life is like. Not only like who I am, but also him. You get to see my son. You get to see how he interacts with things. You get to see his iPad. You get to see just kind of uh, even now the soundtrack, as I said before in the background, that famous story that I told you years ago when I called the cable company and he was in the background literally screaming across the house. He was, he was screaming with joy. Like, he doesn't scream. I think that's something that people have to understand. When he's yelling, it's rarely, if ever, distress. And if it is, you know what it is, because it's a whine. It's a cry. It's a, it's a childlike, you know, eh, like kind of a sad, whiny thing. But when he's excited, like right now, you hear it, that's, that's happy. So he was happy in the background for this cable guy. And he was screaming and screeching to Sesame Street or whatever he was watching. And the cable guy goes um, on the phone with me, do you have birds? I was like, what? Now, keep in mind, I'm trying to order something with cable, and I'm not really happy about it either. And he's like, you know, click, 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 click. And I'm, do you have birds? And I went, me? No, I don't have birds. So we kept talking, kept doing our thing, and Lucas in the background screaming, just as he is now, oh, like, very excited. And the guy goes, are you sure you don't have birds? And I'm like, oh, that? I'm like, that's my son. He has autism. He's screaming over his show. And then there was this long, awkward pause, and I went, so can you, uh, can you set that up for me or what? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm on it right now. And that was it was such an awkward back and forth. But it was a good moment too because it showed A, it shows you guys an idea of kind of how the background of my life goes, but also how much easier life is when there's no, you know, staying away from saying the word autism, staying away from saying special needs or nonverbal or all these different things. And there was a time in my life when I was afraid to say it. You don't want to say it out loud. You don't want to say your child had special needs. Because to me, my biggest fear was what happens if one day he doesn't have special needs? What happens if one day he grows out of it, quote unquote, as they would say? And he turns around and he goes, yo, why would you tell everybody that I had special needs? And I'd be like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that, you know, that was always my ridiculous fear, which in reality, even if he didn't grow up, you know, if, if he grew up to not have autism, you know, it's not the biggest crime in the world when you're young for people to think that you have, you know, something that you don't. Uh, but by the same token, too, it just seemed like such a silly reason not to 
kind of embrace the moment. That was what the moment was. And in the moment, we knew. We knew that he had special needs. We knew he had autism. We knew he had uh, developmental delays, things like that. And when you can't mention it, when people would say to, you know, say to me, hey, buddy, hey, does he give five? And they go to give him five. And we had, you know, my wife had a, my ex-wife had a family member that used to do this. And uh, I freaking hated it. This guy would go over to, to Lucas in his high chair and he would put his hand out. I'd be like, what's up, buddy? Give me a five. And then he would go to give Lucas a high five. And Lucas would completely blow him off, completely ignore him. And the guy would just turn his head and stare at me. Like, I, like I'm not teaching him proper high five etiquette or something. And I used to remember the knot in my stomach and like hating it. And like they go over and be like, come on, buddy. And I take his hand and I make him give five. It was so stupid. It was like pointless. It's like, dude, you really need a five that bad? You're that Here's the word again. Thirsty for a five. You know, no, you don't need a five. But they would do that. And it was always hard because you always had to play along. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's tired. Maybe, you know, some nonsense. But it was when I was able to finally say, you know, he doesn't speak. He has autism. Tell the waitress that at the, at the restaurant. You know, they come around and be like, what does everybody want? What do you want to drink, little man? And before you're open about, you know, your child's nonverbal nature or, or anything that they might have, you wait too. And I remember waiting. I remember waitresses being like, what do you want to drink? And I'd look at him for a second, just waiting. Like maybe he'll, maybe this is it. Maybe this is how it works. Maybe one day a waitress goes, what do you want to drink? And he goes, oh, fine lady, I'll have some apple juice. Tut-tut, you know? But no, that didn't happen. But I was waiting for it, man. I was like, all right, here we go. But it didn't happen. And eventually when I was able to just say out loud, you know, my son has autism. It was so freeing. It was freeing for me. It was freeing for him. It makes life easier. It makes life better. I liked it. And it was good. So if you're one of those families out there and you haven't yet addressed, you know, the elephant in the room, so to speak, or, you know, said it out loud to people, trust me, it's it's scary when you haven't. But once you do, man, changes your life. Changed my life. Made things different. Made things better. So I'm very excited about it. And that's one of the things, too, that, like, having him on here, I remember before I did these podcasts i used to do pro wrestling back in the day i used to talk about wrestling and i would do audios do audio podcasts and i used to always worry about him being picked up on those audio podcasts screaming in the background getting excited and honestly if you're doing something outside of like what i'm doing i'm talking about autism talking about my family you know if you're doing a job if you're doing something that requires you to do a podcast you really can have screaming and yelling in the background but for me being able to do this now being able to talk to you about about his autism, being able to talk to you about my son's special needs and not having to worry about him in the background now yelling and screaming and getting excited. It, it's, you know, again, freeing. So it's, it's a free feeling and it's nice. And I'm glad that I'm able to do that. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. So if you're one of those people holding on, you know, keep holding on, you're going to be okay. At, at the end of the day, I mean, life just gets better. The longer it goes on, the more you know who you are, the more you're able to kind of deal with things and it's helpful. I've spoken about that, about the ability to kind of be open and to not have to hide things, whether it's, you know, your kids or your own personal life and how much better it feels to be able to do that. I've been trying to do that. I've been doing that with the with the blog posts. If you guys have been reading, I talked last week a little bit about kind of my upbringing, kind of the adults that were around me, which is something that had always been kind of a no-no for me in terms of writing, in terms of saying what I had to say. And I'm starting to not not worry about that stuff. And it's definitely, it's been good in terms of the response from you guys. You guys have been wonderful about it, but also in terms of kind of how I'm feeling because of it. And I wrote on Monday, 
about bouncing back from hateful words. And it was about kind of the feeling that, you know, when people turn around and they cut you down and they say terrible things and, and how bad they make you feel and how, I mean, it builds character. It does kind of suck though, because you go through one of those things where people are really kind of verbally terrible to you, verbally abusive, uh, whether as a kid or even as an adult, sometimes the same people who are, uh, you know, abusive to you as a child, you grow up and now you're an adult and you still take it just because you're conditioned to think that that's how life is. Uh, you meet other people who do the same thing. I was told that one. I remember being annoyed in therapy when that came up of, you know, we, we tend to gravitate to the same kind of personalities. It's almost like blaming people, you know, for being surrounded by further, you know, abusive people again. But in reality, what I learned was if you grew up a certain way around people who treated you a certain way, when you grow up, you don't know to see that as a red flag. You think it's normal. So you gravitate to people who do that. And you don't even think about it. You don't think, well, this, I don't deserve this. I shouldn't be going through that. So I dealt with a lot of that. And I talked on Monday a little bit about a story that I hadn't really spoken about, which is really messed up. And when people hear it, they're like, what is this? But this happened. Um, I had been giving, slowly giving some details from my, my heart surgery, which is a, is a much bigger story than I ever really let on. I mean, I had a quintuple bypass at 35. So when I tell you that it's a bigger story than that, it kind of tells you a little bit. Uh, I had been arguing with family members prior to the, the heart attack. The family members wanted to deny that they had anything to do with it. Uh, whether the genetics or whether the argument or any of that had nothing to do with them. But what made it really insane was that as I was going through my recovery period at home, I would have them leaving messages on my answering machine, the one that played throughout the house, telling me they're sorry about my, my heart problems, but they are my own fault. And I have no one to blame but myself. I would listen to this. And when I say recovering, I mean like days home, like three days home, sitting there and hearing like this, ugly poison voice ringing through my house. You have no one to blame but yourself, James. No one. I'm like, what the, what? You know, try to deal with it. Call up. What are you doing? You know, don't call me anymore. Leave me alone. I'm like, All right, I'll leave you alone. Like, you're the one calling me. You know, <laughs> so you go through this nonsense. And I talked about bouncing back from that and how important it is to be able to take these words and fight back. And that's something that I've done my whole life. And I think that's kind of shaped who I've become, where I always knew that the things that were done to me were wrong. Although I question whether or not I personally deserve them to be done to me, you know, which I think is is a common thing with people who have been through abusive situations. And I've been through the gamut, you know, far beyond, you know, words left on an answering machine. And you kind of come out of it the other side thinking to yourself, you know, I'm stronger because of this. But it sucks because like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I would forego the life lessons and not have to go through all those years of nonsense that I went through. But that said... I learned how to take negative words, turn them around, and prove them wrong. You know, and that's what I ended up doing here in this blog post that I wrote about, which was after my surgery, dealing with these phone calls, dealing with the anger, dealing with the irritation that came with it, a lack of support. There's a huge lack of support all around me after my heart surgery. I went into my bedroom, I closed the door, and I like lost it on myself. And I'm like, you're never gonna be able to do this. You're dead. You're gonna die. I would say it over and over in the mirror. I'm like, you're gonna die. Because of your heart, because you can't just chill out and let it roll off your back. All these other people, they let everything roll off their back. You don't do that. Why don't you do that? What's your problem? You have to do it. Blah, blah, blah. Why would you give up bacon if you're not going to do this? It was all this like lecturing myself. And in the end, I just took it and I left and I did it. And that's always been what I did. People would tell me point blank to my face, I couldn't do something. And I would listen, I would absorb it, and then I would go out and do those things to show that I could do it. In the end, nobody cared. That's, that's a, a little lesson that 
I think a lot of us have learned from verbal abuse. If somebody turns around and they're verbally abusive to you and they're telling you, you know, you're a terrible person, you'll go out and you'll be a good person just to prove them wrong, but they don't care. In the end, they'll be like, oh, it's fake. I know the real you, that kind of stuff you deal with. So you learn early on not to do it for anybody else, but still, I like to prove it wrong for myself. Somebody tells you, you can't do this. You know, you don't do it just to make them kind of like feel bad. You do it so that you can show yourself, listen, this person's an idiot. I can do this. And that's what I did. And that's what this blog post was about. That's kind of like what I'm trying to live like now. I'm trying to step outside that comfort zone. I'm trying to be open. I'm trying to be honest with you guys. I'm trying to tell you, you know, who I am, what I've been through a little bit more. And I'm sure as time goes on, I'm going to tell you more of that. We'll talk openly more, uh, more videos of me and Lucas. The one I posted today on, uh, on High Blog, I'm Dad's uh, Facebook page, and I posted it on my Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow me anywhere. Hi, James Gutman. That's Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I'm, I'm on all that stuff. Uh, or you can just follow High Blog on, on Facebook, also on Twitter, and you can see those videos as well. But it's good to be able to, to put it all out there. Here I am. This is what we are. This is who we are. And uh, hopefully you like it. So thank you guys for allowing me to do that. It does mean a lot to me. But yeah, it's all part of this whole open and honest response to the world. It's the the idea of not holding things back and not pretending and not saying, you know, things that I don't know sound good, but I don't say aren't true, but are, are kind of sugarcoated. They really sugarcoat a lot. On Wednesday, I wrote about something that wasn't sugarcoated either, and something that I've written about in the past, but it's really a touchy subject and it's very hard to address. And it was called "My Nonverbal Son Lives in the Moment, but I Do Not." And it was about how Lucas, as you can hear right now in the background, lives in the moment. Scream, yell, excited, happy. But I don't. And I don't live in the moment because I can't live in the moment. And I can't live in the moment because all the decisions that he makes for right now, he needs somebody to be making the decisions for him in the future. Otherwise, those moments won't be there. For example, loves his iPad. Kind of the focal point of the video I made today. Always wants that iPad. That iPad needs to be charged or it will die. Always. It will always die. And I try to explain it to him. I go, but I need this iPad. It's going to die. Oh, no, no, no. Don't. Don't whine. Don't do baby elephant. Baby elephant is the, is the whine. He goes, like that. I go, don't do that. No baby elephant. Don't whine. I have to charge it. But he doesn't understand the concept of charging. So it's almost like I'm ripping his favorite toy away. So I've learned to transition. I've learned to move it on. I've learned to give him different toys or keep him away from the iPad. I don't give it to him from morning to night. I, I go out of my way not to, actually. And it's hard for me, but... In the end, it's good for him. That said, if I don't charge his iPad tonight, it will be dead tomorrow. And then he won't be able to have his happy moments. So I have to be thinking ahead. If Lucas likes to eat you know, chicken nuggets, I have to buy chicken nuggets for tomorrow. Just because they're there today doesn't mean they'll be there tomorrow. So that's kind of our relationship where he lives in the moment and I live in the future so that he's able to live in the moment. But one of the things, and one of the things I addressed in the blog that's kind of a big deal, and I've talked to other parents in my position, is that fear of when I'm old and dead. Yeah. And he is still alive. And he needs to have somebody taking care of his things without me there. And that's scary. And to me, that's a big part of living in the future for myself. I want to be able to give him a life where he's self-sufficient enough. And if he's not self-sufficient, he can at least retain dignity as he's getting assistance to do these things. There's a lot of things that my son's not going to be able to do. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I do the blogs and I write about him and I tell you guys exactly how I see him. And I see him wonderfully. I think he's a great kid. He's amazing. But he definitely has 
some pronounced disabilities, as people would call it. And there's things that he's never going to be able to do. I'm, I'm aware of it and I accept that. So it's my job to anticipate what those things are. It's my job to be ready for that when the time comes. That way, if I'm not here, he can do those things. Uh, and that's what I wrote about on Wednesday. But that's a touchy subject, man. You have, I think most people, I remember I wrote about this once in the very beginning of doing the blog years ago. And so many of the comments were like, that's my biggest fear. I worry about that every day. I think about it every morning. And there's some people who can never stop thinking about it. I'm kind of lucky. I'm not really that stressed out of a guy. You know, I kind of blocked a lot of that stuff out of my life after the heart surgery. So it's allowed me not to obsess about it. But I think about it. And if I think about it, you know, that means that there's other people out there who are really thinking about it. It's a scary thing. And it's a big part of being, a, you know, special needs parent. I don't even say autism parent because I think sometimes I say that and you'll hear from people who get offended. You're like, my son has autism. What's his problem? He's just a person. No, I know, but autism is different for everybody. So like Lucas doesn't line up shoes, you know, Lucas doesn't ask a million questions as people say, things like that. Lucas doesn't speak. Lucas has some pronounced issues where he needs assistance. And that would scare any parent having to leave their kid behind one day to do those things or to be with people who could help him do those things. I want to make sure he's okay. So that's the reason why I don't, I don't live in the moment. You know, I live, I live in the future and I'm glad to live in the future. It's uh, it's good. It's good for him. It's good for my daughter. It's good for everybody involved. It's uh, it's my job as a dad. So that's what I do. Yeah, man. It's been, uh, it's definitely been a fun week. It's been a lot going on. I'm trying to think of reformats and things going forward. That's why I did the video today. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe there'll be more videos coming up in the future. I don't know about these podcasts. I don't mean, know if they should be that much longer, if they should be this is right, around the right size of the podcast. We're going to figure these things out as we go. I want things to be streamlined. I want things to be enjoyable. I want you guys to enjoy what I do. Uh, and I love sharing my life with you all. So it's been it's been really exciting. If you have a chance, do me a favor. Leave a like, leave a, leave a subscribe, leave a, a comment. What, I don't know. What do they do on these podcasts? Leave something on the podcast that you're supposed to do that's nice, some sort of good thing, a star rating, a thumbs up, you know, a tomato. I don't know what the hell they do. If they do it, do it. So if you're on Stitcher or Spotify or Apple or Amazon, wherever you are listening to this, do me a favor, leave one of those things, subscribe, jump in, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell anybody you meet on the street to check out Hi Pod. I'm Dad. Uh, also, if you're on Amazon or near Amazon, check out the Expectant Father's Activity Book, which is, I keep forgetting to go back and check it on Amazon. Every time I do, it's doing really well uh, in the rankings. So that's exciting. I don't know if it's been a bestseller or not. I haven't really checked enough to find out. But it's definitely been doing well, so it's always exciting. Please check that out. Pick one up. If you have already, leave a review. I would love to know what you think. Um, Yeah, so it's good stuff all around. That does it for me, guys. Uh, I will talk to you again next Friday. I'll be back on Monday and Wednesday with new blogs. And until next time, James Gutman saying be well. Bye, pod. I'm done.